Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Page Wars, nothing but Page Wars. <laughs> hey, you guys. Welcome to Page Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders, and I do not have time to read Star Wars books and comics so we have King Tom do it for us. Welcome back to Page Wars, to your show, the King of All Toms. Uh, our show. I couldn't do it without you. You couldn't do it without me. I reckon I could do it without you. Probably. It wouldn't be as good. Well, it depends on who you had doing it. Or on the other end, I should say. Or you could read the books yourselves, report to them, and then you wouldn't have time for anything else. If if it depended on me reading the books, it would be uh-huh. a far worse show. <laughs> but maybe more entertaining. I'd be, it'd be far less frequent. <laughs> <laughs> and it'd come out as often as George Lucas Star Wars films. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You get you get every three years you get one and then there'd <laughs> be like, you know, a decade or two break. Right, right. And then you'd be doing, you know, 2011's Darth Plagueis this week. That's like, that seems very uh, confident. Yeah, maybe you're back in the 90s when the moon landed on Chewbacca. I think I'd be hitting like the glove of Darth Vader right now. (laughs) There's this guy, Trioculus. Now, um, this is one of our Patreon bonus shows, but... In the interest of sizzling, we're going to put every third one up in full on the main feed so you can find out what we're doing and then maybe miss us for the other two. This is for all the bonus shows, and there is a ton. And, Tom, this is a new show on the Steel Wars Patreon feed, and we've done uh, two episodes. What Just to the, the newcomer, to the free feed dweller, what was my pitch to you about what this show was? I don't have time to read the books. Can you talk to me and tell me what I need to know if I'm missing anything, how these tie into the movies? Just give me some information about them. Yes. You're like um, Siri for Star Wars EU. I, I suppose so. What do they call they, We need an EU like name. <laughs> the new you. The new you. I like that. But I like, mean, everyone just says new canon, but I like new you. And it would it be, remind- be spelt like N-U-U. Ooh, yes. It reminds me of the 1980s Marvel Comics new universe that crashed and burned on the inside of a year. Oh. Yeah. The well, new you, the Star Wars new you lasted, has lasted a lot longer and been much more successful. What's up with these people that make Star Wars stuff? And refer to it as the extended universe. I think that's more the people who buy billboards. Because they don't like that it's now called Legends. No, I'm sure like 
like John Favreau keeps referring to it as oh. like the extended universe. Oh, is that like are they trying to brand the non saga as the extended universe? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, maybe that's the insider term to say it's not just the EU, it's the it's like I guess expanding. the Clone Wars. I guess the Clone Wars cartoon would be as a part of the extended universe. Right. Because it's not EU, because it's still current. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What, what drives you to read all these books, Tom? I, I like to read. I like Star Wars. Most of the books I read I like in some way or another, and I like knowing all that extra material and stuff and character interactions and some of these books i really really like they not as much as the movies but there are some books that you know get me to think and move me in ways and most of them add to the movies themselves i know other people on on contributors to this patreon feed Mm -hmm. that would disagree with you in a in a very sincere way I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I understand what he's saying because part of me does think that movies should stand on their own and tell a story and not everything has to tie together. And I get that. But then at the same time, I, I like spending time in this universe. And I think a lot of other people do. But we're all Star Wars fans. And we can all come around that love of Star Wars. I think that's a beautiful thing about having all these books and all this extended material. If you don't like it, you don't have to ingest it. What about I, – I, I do want to start the actual episode soon, but um, okay, yeah. <laughs> but I also uh, – I can't resist a tangent. Oh, of course not. What about – what do you think with – like you're saying like if you don't like the extra stuff – you don't have to ingest it, right? In, in, right. <laughs> what about in the case of like Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars mm-hmm. where to get the ending of the solo film, you kind of needed to have seen them. That's a bit of a trickier, trickier issue. And I suppose that one could say that tying that in like that gives those other things value. It gives you a reason to watch it. But then at the same time, if you don't want to, you always have shows like this to get you caught up on the things you don't want to spend time with. Just to get an idea of what happens. The irony of that, of course, is people that don't watch Clone Wars or Rebels are the least likely people to uh, subscribe to a Patreon feed about Star Wars. That, that's correct. That's probably correct. So we need a broader broadcasting system to help them. Yeah. There's, like, so it's sort of seen as a negative 
by some people that mm-hmm. uh, you know there's you did have to have knowledge of the cartoons to instantly understand what the hell was going on at the end of Solo. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get your head around it without that, but not instantly. I, yeah. I, yeah. Maybe. I'm not sure how. But you can just understand it. You can comprehend mm-hmm. it. Because the explanation is very far-fetched. It is very far-fetched, but if you've paid attention to the other things that happened in not just Solo, but other Star Wars movies, maybe you could accept it. Yeah. Or if you could accept, you know, another plane of existence where people come back from as blue ghosts or can levitate things with their mind, but you can't accept a guy coming back from being sliced in half with spider legs. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. All right. I'm, I'm waiting for a... Uh like a a mouse droid that's been fused with the head of Darth uh, Tyrannus. I could go for that. Why don't they put Darth Tyrannus's head on Darth Maul's legs? Oh, nothing's happening with those legs. They're somewhere. They're still out there. Is there a backstory to the legs? What, what, what comic can we pick up on those legs? I, I, have, not, I have not seen them. I've, there was a Darth Maul comic series that the legs did, were not mentioned. At no point did he say, I wonder where they're kicking around these days. But yet Darth Vader's like having all these visions of his ex-girlfriend. Right, right, as butterflies. And, and this guy just, his legs. Mm-hmm. Not, well, he's not. obsessed with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Get some legs. <laughs> yeah. At last you'll have your revenge. It's no. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> let it go, dude. At, at last you'll be able to walk without charging your legs for three hours. <laughs> or having them affected by insect repellent. <laughs> you know, that, that would be nice, though. I was outside earlier. Bugs all over the place. I wouldn't mind having robot legs just so I wouldn't have mosquitoes giving me, biting me all over the place. Wow. <laughs> My wife is back here laughing at me. The bugs in Ohio must be crazy if you're considering, like... Well, I wouldn't say I'm considering. It just, you know, it'd be nice. Excellent. <laughs> Content. Content. All right. So, how we break down uh, the episode is first of all, we have uh, Tom's turn it or burn it recommendation. That's if he just thinks you should read it or torch it. Then we'll, we'll, and we're going to do today, we're going to do Black Spire, which covers the the goings on at Galaxy's Edge one Thursday afternoon. And but then we'll we're gonna I, I, I really want to find out about um how the the aftermath series could affect episode nine and, and, and those star destroys that we've seen. And then we'll go into a non spoiler discussion about the book and then Tom at the end will just tell us what happened, what we need to know, who okay. saw who, who winked at what, when and how. I think I think there was winking. You know, Darth Maul only blinks once. In the whole movie? In the whole movie. No way. When does he blink? 
right before he gets chopped in half. Oh, telling. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite facts about the Phantom Menace. You know Reyes? <laughs> what would be the sketchiest way for him to wink at you? Middle eye. Middle? Middle. Not just one or both on the edges? Oh, I know. What about middle and like left eye at once? And then the other one open. Yeah, maybe. Do you think if he's like, you know, trying to see something far in the distance, does he close two eyes or one? You know, like you're trying to look, look, see something through, like do, do, instead of telescopes, do they have, well, I guess binoculars. Do no, they have trinoculars? You no, know, he just holds his eyes together like they're, oh, like macro binoculars. <laughs> God, I've got the, um, <laughs> A speech impediment on uh, a Friday afternoon, which is perfect for podcasting. Now, the other two books were done on episodes one and two. We did Thrawn, Treason, and Star Wars Myths and Fables. And one of them, I'm not going to spoil it. One of them's a burn it. One of them's a turn it. Mm -hmm. So, at the moment, the the Star Wars EUUU. No, what did I say it was going to be called? New, New You. New You. New You. New You. The new you, it's even. It, it's just, it's a C, I guess. That's where it's scoring at school. Black Spire, turn it or burn it? Turn it. Oh. There we go. Excellent. All right. We'll, we'll talk about that in, uh, in non-spoiler and spoiler detail in a little bit. But what I want to know, because the other part of like having you do this show is when I have got a question, mm-hmm. I need a, I need a reference, right? Okay. I, I, I call my, uh, new you Siri, <laughs> which we need a better name. Siri. What was the, um, was it Guri? Was that the, uh, Guri, she, she was the sex robot. Yeah. You can be Guri. Shizor. You can be Guri. Yeah. Uh, we'll come up with something else. Guri. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I've never been more certain than anything. Oh, I'm sure you have. Haven't. All right, uh. my, my my little Guri. <laughs> Let's um so what I want to know, the um I I I read the Aftermath trilogy and mm-hmm. I always say that they get each book gets twice as good as the more as the one it precedes. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I really by the end I was like the second book I was quite into the characters, and by the third book I was deeply attached to many of the characters, and mm-hmm. I um it was I was met with some emotional moments towards the end of the book. I've got to tell you, but and this is spoiler alert for um this whole deal. At the end of the last one, was it called Empire's End or am I? Yes, okay. Empire's End. Okay. I had no idea if that was like a like a dark horse comic book in <laughs> like '97 or something like that. It could have been. Uh, it is revealed that she, for the Emperor, has got some sort of military bunker hidden on Jakku. Mm-hmm. That um, what was that? guy's name not snoke rax rax nope 
That's what his name should have been. <laughs> yeah. Um, that he was sort of overseeing. So explain what happens at the end or what's revealed what's on Jakku first up. Okay. There is an ancient observatory on Jakku. It's called the observatory. It's a Sith installation underground and it houses artifacts and it houses ancient computers and it also basically turns Jakku into a weapon. And Sidious, for years, even going back probably to the time when he was a senator, has been building up this installation. One of the reasons to do it was to map, make a map of a path through the unknown regions. The unknown region is an area of the galaxy that is set apart from the rest of the galaxy, bordered by storms, nebula, black holes. It's Im- near impossible to pass. Do you think the people that live there For, just call it the regions? It may, I think they just call it home. Ah. But the Chiss, the people of Grand Admiral Thrawn, they come from the unknown regions, and they have a way of navigating through. And it, it says in Empire's End that one of the ways Sheev's computers found a way through was with the help of Thrawn. Really? Yes. In in one of the Aftermath books? In the final Aftermath book, which I think came out around the time that Thrawn was brought back in Rebels. So it wasn't like that was a big surprise. But it did say... Palpatine was aided by Thrawn to find his way through. He was trying to find his way through because in one of the earlier Aftermath books, there's a friend of the Emperor, an advisor, Tashu, who said that Sidious... I'm sorry? Ernie. Ernie. Sure. Ernie uh, said that Do you think when he comes in, when he comes and visits him, he like barges in the door? With another, with another I don't know. He seemed, to, he seemed to be able to hold down a regular job, and he didn't have crazy ideas. Okay. And he didn't – I don't think he ever raided Sheep's fridge, if that's what you're asking about. That's what I'm asking about. Yeah. No, he didn't really see – he had a few eating scenes, but I think it was all provided food. But he said that, that Sidious believed the unknown regions to be the source of power, the source of darkness, which is why – Sheev wanted a way through it. And basically Palpatine has been using the observatory and other facilities to to map a way through the unknown regions. And he's been sending ships. He's been sending droids. And in the last Jedi novelization, it says that he seeded the area with laboratories and shipyards. In the last Jedi novelization? Yes. Why does it because say that? Because Snoke is reflecting on how he became, <laughs> he came to be involved in all this. He's reflecting. Yes. So it gives a moment of reflection to Snoke. Does it describe him putting his, like, like hand up to his chin to ponder? I don't recall. No. Reflecting. 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 I'm glad he had a chance to reflect before he um, got the old Darth Maul, maybe this time it will work <laughs> trick. Maybe. Maybe, but no, it's it, the last Jedi kind of gives the idea that, that Snoke had been there and knew the way through and he helped the First Order survive and was able to take over that way. So, mm-hmm. 
it sounds like these unknown regions are pretty important. They are. So early on, before the Battle of Endor, Sheev sent his personal super star destroyer out to the unknown regions. It made it through. The Battle of Jakku happens, and the whole plan, Sheev's at... Wait, so when Sheev sends his Star Destroyer through, but he's not Mm -hmm. in it? No, he's not. He's, you know, he's in Endor. Okay, got you. Okay, so he had tasked Rax with this contingency plan. So if Palpatine were to die, Rax would carry forth this plan to, to cut the fat from the Empire and engineer a battle that destroys both most of the remaining Empire forces and the Republic forces at the Battle of Jakku. Because if the observatory was to build up to full power, Jakku would basically blow up and take all of the fleets with it. Meanwhile, Rax would escape on Palpatine's ship along with uh, Hux's father, who was training a bunch of children from Jakku as soldiers. And Ernie. And and Ernie, yes, uh, and and they would flee into the unknown regions. But Ernie died. Uh, I think Rax killed Ernie. No way. Yeah, yeah. Grand Admiral Sloan killed Rax, and Sloan went with Hux, Hux Senior, Hux Junior, and the kids. And then it took them months, but they eventually made their way through to the Super Star Destroyer. So. When you say kids, mm-hmm. is, is it possible Finn's one of those kids? No, because these are all, these were, I think they were between like eight and 13 year olds at the time of one year after the Battle of Endor. And so were, that would be older than Finn. And they were getting trained inside the observatory. There was another facility on Jakku because another part of it was this is, that this is like lost when you find out about all those it, bunkers. Yeah, exactly. This is this was the training sta- the yep. school book station. You got Imperial Desmond down there just like <laughs> freaking out with his sweet accent. Yeah. <laughs> so these these kids. Part of Shiva's plan was to train these kids as the you know the next wave of Imperial soldiers, and one of them ends up as a character in the Black Spire book. One of these kids from Jakku. Oh, wait. When's the Black Spire book set? A few months after The Last Jedi. Got you. So 36 years, 37 years after Return of the Jedi, maybe? So this is just in just the meat of canon right now. Yes, it is. Interesting. So those Star Destroyers, mm-hmm. are they like, do you think they're like in the unknown regions or I, I, I listened to one, po- I can't remember which podcast I would like to point my finger at the person. It might've been the Star Wars Underworld, but Someone had the theory that those Star Destroyers could be part of a vision as well. And I just started like, no more, like, like it, I, it kind of annoys me in the game of working out what those trailers mean is now you can just, <laughs> for anything you can't explain, like vision, 
vision. Yeah. So, so, someone just hit their head and saw instead of one, they saw 100 Star Destroyers. So That's many visions. No, I, th- I think they have been either built or stockpiled by Sheev all those years ago, and they've been hanging out in the unknown regions. I'm just coming to terms with the implications of this. Mm -hmm. Because they're deep. Yes. Yeah. And I'm talking about in a real world on planet Earth mm -hmm. in Star Wars fandom. Because that would mean that secretly the whole thing's been planned out from the start. In I'm, I mean, like, in movie-making, Lucasfilm... Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes, like, like people sort of... Some people theorise, and I'm talking about movie-making theories, that, uh, you know, the Emperor thing's just been thrown in. Yeah. Like, it's just, oh, this will, you know, change the, the course of people liking or not liking, or... You know, we had nothing else. We didn't have an idea of what we're going to do, so we'll bring him back. Um, but if this comes to pass, mm-hmm. like, I, I think it's so... It'd be so interesting just because if you remember back when that the first Chuck Windegg book came out mm-hmm. and people were so disappointed with it not, you know, really telling you anything. Yeah. But if this all is like works out and it is all connected, mm-hmm. like they were telling you so much without yep. us even realize, like it was just like hiding in plain sight. Right. Like that thing that was published in 1978 that said the stormtroopers were clones. And then people freaked out when they realized it in 2002 when Attack of the Clones came out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I think you're right. It, the implications, if this is what it is, I, I don't – it's way more planned out than any of us had ever thought. It's up there with Sheev's mm-hmm. plan to take over the <laughs> the universe in the prequels. Because that's always I say, like, it's – you know, George Lucas's actual story of the prequels is, you know, you can argue it's execution, but the, the core story of the prequels is a genius story about a genius plan. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love that. And I would be so... Yeah, that would be... I'd be so impressed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would have to delete a lot of tweets. <laughs> I think so. It's like that one when uh, JJ said this week that Ryan didn't derail anything with The Last Jedi. Yeah, people are going to have to change some things they've been saying. This, it reminds me of when they had that Force Awakens uh, Comic-Con panel in 2015. And I spent Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, about three months complaining how it was in the afternoon on Friday. And why not uh-huh. have it in the morning so then we can go do other stuff? 
but they had to have it in the late afternoon so then they could have the concert, which was like one of the greatest memories of my life. Right. And I had to uh, issue a formal apology via content, <laughs> the most sincere way to apologize. <laughs> anyway, so um, what do you reckon the chances are? I think they're very good. I mean, I th- I think it's it's very good that this is what's going to happen just because when they got rid of the old EU made it legends, part of the idea was they're going to be telling one story and things are going to be more consistent. And so if they had all the way back then told Chuck Wendig, hey, work this stuff into your story. And it's some of the, some of it's mentioned in other places, like in the Last Jedi novelization. And I'm I'm sure there there are others that you can dig through, but those are the big two that come, come to mind. If they've been doing this, they've been doing it for a reason, and it's to make it all make sense when we see the rise of Skywalker in December. It would be very impressive. Hmm. But also, on a more cynical note, it'd be also doing their job. Yeah. It would be. But it's it's nice to know that they're succeeding at it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it would be just a sweet, real-life Star Wars twist. <laughs> that it all came true? That might be one of the main things now I want out of... The Rise of Skywalker. Because mm-hmm. I just think it'd be, I just think it'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just that, he's like, just... they just went, here's, here's what was going on. Like, he's come, the Emperor's going to come back. Here's all the hints. You know, you should, you should make a, a, I got your, I got your new t-shirt. Instead of something that says, see, I told you so, sheave, I told you so. <laughs> Tom's face on the video is very self-satisfied. It, I, it, was, it just came to me. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> now, um, all right, let's get into this Black Spy book, which you've given okay. a turn-it recommendation. Give me the, uh, the gist of what's going on. You, I think you said it was a couple of months after uh, it, the it, rise, the fall, the last. The last Jedi. Yes, the last Jedi. Okay, well, first I just want to start off by saying that it's marketed – mainly as a tie-in to Galaxy's Edge. And so I went into it, because I haven't, I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge, I don't, don't know that I'm planning on going anytime soon. I'm not really interested in that aspect of it. But it's more than that. It's a sequel, the same author, Delilah, Delilah Dawson, she wrote the Phasma novel that came out a few years ago. It's kind of a sequel to that because it takes two of the characters and explains what happens to them ne- next. But it's also a, a follow-up to The Last Jedi and the beginning of the road to the rise of Skywalker. Ooh. Because it – go ahead. Oh, I, I was, it's not like a big spoiler, but I, I'm just wondering. At, at any point, do two characters complain how long it takes to get into the bar? <laughs> No, no. The bar, from from my recollection, is is relatively accessible. Although one complains about how tough it is to get a table. Oh, really? Very true <laughs> yes. to life. Very true to life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, who are these uh, two characters? I guess. Okay. Uh, 
Vi Marathi, who is uh, Princess Leia's top spy. And oh, was not... she in Phasma? Yes, she and, was in Phasma. And she's the lady that like roams about the park in real life. Yes. Yeah. And in Phasma, she was tortured by the lead stormtrooper training commander, a guy named Cardinal. With long waits for food. Is that a Galaxy's Edge thing? Yeah, because it's busy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't get into the bar. I think, listen, oh, yeah. okay, let's just get out of the way. I didn't get to go into the bar when I went, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to be so, bringing it up. She probably goes every day and you don't. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she, she rests her drink on the original table from Mary Poppins, you know, all that good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that Mary Poppins table. Still gold all these years later. Dude. So, so Cardinal was her torturer, but he defected to the resistance. And now he's going under Card-demption. his... I'm sorry? Cardemption. Yes, Cardemption. His real name is Archex. And he was one of those children from Jakku who was being trained by Hux's father in Aftermath. Well, that proves what I always say, Tom, and that is I, I believe children are our future. <laughs> he, he was taught well and led, he led the way. Let them train with the First Order. <laughs> yeah, right. Give, so them, he's not- give them a sense of fascism. <laughs> fascism. <laughs> Continue, sorry. So they are tasked by General Leia to establish a base on Batu. I was told long ago never to walk in anyone's shadow. Sorry. The shadow of the dark side? Yes. It's all connected. Yes. Yes. They crash land on Jakku. Batu. Why are these planets named so similarly? That's my thing. They crash land on Jakku, have to set up a base, but it turns out their their ship, their wreckage is picked cleaned by scavengers. Oh. So uh, Vi has to get a job, get her stuff back, go through an ancient temple to find an artifact, then deal with a bunch of Imperials or I'm sorry, First Order people that are after her and establish a rebel base. Big day. Yeah. It, it takes place over the course of a few weeks or months. But there are there are tie-ins to obviously what goes on around Galaxy's Edge. There are tie-ins to what is going on in the world of the galaxy, the state of the galaxy, the conflict between the Resistance and the First Order. There are mentions of other characters from other movies. So it it really pulls a lot of different things together in a good way. Before we get into the spoilers, mm-hmm. a light spoiler, if you will. Maybe it won't okay. be. I'm hoping you can give me a really a really on-the-nose reference to Galaxy's Edge in the book. Really on-the-nose reference to Galaxy's Edge in the book. Are there rules posted outside the cantina? I have no idea. Because I, okay. I couldn't get in, Tom. Okay. I couldn't even stare at the door because it hurt so much. I've, I've, again, the, the, the canti- I'm sorry. The cantina ones are what spring to mind. Apparently, you can't ask about Wookiees in the cantina. 
What? <laughs> That's what I've been – someone said you can't ask about Wookiees in the cantina. And the reason why is explained because Oga, the cantina owner, owner – say that five times fast. She was in love with a Wookiee, but the Wookiee cheated on her with a Rodian waitress. And she killed the Wookiee. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So you see that in the book. A little bit of a love connection. And I won't ask about... Well, there's there's also bits about uh, Doc Arndar, the – is it Savvy who runs the lightsaber shop? Yeah. Yeah. There there are bits about them. The, the thing about Black Spire Outpost in this book, as I mentioned, you know, they were they were picked clean. Their, their ship crash-landed in the wilderness on Batu. Everything of value except for the things out of their pockets was taken from them. The lower half of their droid was stolen. Oh. And then so she goes in the, Yes. <laughs> so she goes into town. His head. No, his head his head yeah, yeah. Darth Tyrannus's head on on Pook's Pook is the name of the droid on Pook's legs. Uh well, what about if it was his body and it was upside down? Walking on its hands? No, he'd be walking on the legs from the droid. Okay. And his head, his neck sort of plugged in to the droid's legs. And so... Upside down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'd so be then hanging feet- like a penis? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> give, us a new, give us a new definition of curves lightsaber. That's all I got to say. Jeez. <laughs> that was bad. Okay. I don't even remember. Okay, so she goes into town, and it's a crime-ridden town, and everything is expensive. And this is how they're marketing, you know, Galaxy's Edge. Crime-ridden town where everything is expensive. God, honest trailers. Exactly. 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 Interesting. All right. So um, that's it for the uh, the non-spoiler action Tom mm-hmm. gives it a, a turn it, not a burn it. Yep. And uh, let's get in. This is your... T- oh, we've got to do the, the musical break. I almost forgot about oh. that. Well, Tom sings us into um, the spoiler territory. Oh, my apologies. Star Wars talking about spoilers in the book Black Spire. I'm going to say spoilers. How's that? That's what people that are normal <laughs> think Star Wars podcasts are like. Yes. They will, uh, when asked about this podcast, they will say burn it. <laughs> Hit me up. What goes on in this book? Okay. So the book starts off right as Leia is about to leave her Taco Donna in The Force Awakens. Wait. 
Middle of the Force Awakens. Ah, to meet Han Solo. Yes. Gotcha. So she tells V, Vi. That's another thing. I always thought it was V, V Marathi, but then I went to the publishing panel at Celebration. Like, no, it's Vi. So I, you know, mentally oh, so changing the, the way I say it in so, my head. So the whole panel true fanned you. Yes, it it did. True fanned hardcore. So she's about to go off, but then the First Order blows up Hosnian Prime. Bummer. And everything gets set back. And then it skips ahead a few months to the Resistance is on the run because the last Jedi happened. You don't get an idea of what Vi was do- doing during like the Battle of Crate and the run from the First Order. But you do get you get a sense of what dire straits they're in. Um, it feels like they have a few more people with them than the 18 or so people who are on board the Millennium Falcon um, at the end of The Last Jedi. But Leia tells Vi she needs to go to cart with Cardinal, now going by the name Archex, to Batu to set up a base, recruit allies, hide out from the First Order. What do you make about this torturing Cardinal? Being uh, getting his car redemption. Well, they really they do a good job of showing him as a tortured individual where he's not. He wants to make up for the past, but he's not fully on board with the resistance yet. But he's trying to do the right thing, and he's, you know, he was he he was beat up pretty badly by captain phasma in the phasma novel like she stabbed him through the gut so he's he's injured very badly injured he can't you know he can barely walk at times in the book so he's he's undergoing both these physical and mental struggles in the book so it's not an it's not an easy car redemption get him some spider legs (laughs) i don't know if that was ever approached in the book that would be a good idea though man if you want Where's this Star Wars ring theory? The poetry. <laughs> it's all connected. Now, um, hmm, all right. So who did he, he tortured Phasma in the book? No, he tortured Vi, the woman he's working with in this book. But he also helped her escape. Hmm. All right. Is, uh, next time I go down to Galaxy's Edge, I, I'm going to have, have a word to Vi about... <laughs> Working with Cardinal, our checks. Dude, come on. (laughs) Continue. Okay. So they are given a droid, a PK series droid, which is a droid from the prequels. uh, And his name is Pook. And I like the character, but at the same time, Pook is one of these sarcastic, I can do everything better than you can type droids. Imagine if they had a droid in the Star Wars universe that just did its job. <laughs> Without being annoying. Yeah, just, just do stuff. Just yeah. go along the ground and then go up to stuff and go bloop, 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 bloop. Like, just right. do your job. Right. Well, this, is a, this droid has medical capabilities. It can move and it, build things. So it's, it's a very talented droid. It just complains about hu- human beings all the time. They're all um, tortured stand-up comics. Yes, they are. Like on the open They're. mic circuit. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Pretty much. But I, I, you know what? I will admit, as much as that's becoming a trope, I enjoyed the character in this book. 
So they they head to Batu, and there's a battle in the upper atmosphere with another smuggler leaving. They get hit. They for crash parking? land it, on Batu. Is it a battle for parking? No. Okay, because that would be awesome. Like just outside of Batu. They, they crash land in a forest, so the outside of Black Spire. So there's plenty of parking there. Okay. Okay. They wake up. Pretty much everything is gone because of scavengers having taken everything from them. So even the bottom half of their droid. So Vi goes into town and meets the woman who runs the gas station at Black Spire. I don't remember her name, but she kind of – she gets shown around. She gets told the way it, the way it is. But she realizes she's going to have a hard time recruiting people to her cause. First of all, because everyone thinks that Batu is, you know, too far remote for the First Order to care at all. The other thing we learn in the book is that everyone thinks that Starkiller Base is still operational. So people don't want to rise up against the First Order. And is the only reason they know about Starkiller Base because it shot that five beams? Yes. Yeah, people didn't yeah, know they, about that beforehand. Yeah. yeah, no. They know They know that it killed Hosnian. They know the First Order has the way to destroy planets from anywhere in the galaxy. But they don't know that the Resistance defeated it. Do people in the book continuously assume it blew up Coruscant and then have to be corrected? <laughs> uh, Coruscant is mentioned once or twice, I think. Why didn't they just blow up Coruscant? Because people love Coruscant. Blow it up. Oh, keep it. They need to bring it back. I want to see it in well, Rise of Skywalker. And that's the other thing. If like, why'd you not just blow it up? If you like, unless you're going to bring it back in some blow it up, blow it up, bring it back, bring it back. All right, continue. Okay. So Vi goes into town and she learns that it's a very expensive place to live and visit. She learns some of the local customs. She gets a job as, I want to say as a scavenger, but at the, the Savi, the guy who him, runs the him. lightsaber. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, so what happens is he gets junk. His people go through it looking for antiques and lightsaber parts and she gets this job she she starts making a little bit of money but she also starts poking her nose around the town and she runs afoul of Oga the owner of the cantina Oga says there's this temple outside of town that has an artifact and if Vi can get this artifact back Oga will give her back most of the material that was stolen from her ship because it was Oga's people who stole it. How lazy is she that this artifact's just out there and... Well, here's the thing. You, you remember uh, Indiana Jones uh, and the Last Crusade? Heard of it. Yeah, okay. So th- this was like that temple where every room had a danger. Like, I, you know, I'm reading the book and I'm expecting Harrison Ford to be walking through going, Pentinent, 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 Pentinent. It, it was serious. Like every room had a different type of trap. But around this time, a uh, First Order squad led by uh, – I think he's Lieutenant Kath. He was also in the first book. He was a former friend of Cardinal's. 
he lands and is searching for Vi. Oga says she's in the old temple. He and a bunch of stormtroopers go to the temple, and they're kind of chasing each other through the temple, dodging these traps. Vi makes it out with the artifact and thinks that this calf was killed at the temple. Vi gives Oga the artifact. Oga says, here's your stuff. Vi, the droid, and Archex go to the temple and basically remove all the traps and make it their new base. Um, along the way, Vi also meets two other characters. Dol- Dolan, I think that's how you say his name, who's a farmer. He joins up because he wants to do something with his life because his community is very insular. They won't, they don't really go out a lot. They stick to their farms. He wants to do something with his life. And then another character named creaky, I believe is how you say it. She is a Chadra fan. You know what those are? A Chadra? Chadra fan. Remember in a new hope, the little bat wombat type thing who is reaching up to the cantina bar for the drink. Ah, Cabe. Yeah. Cabe. Yeah. She's one of those. Ah, okay. Yeah, and she's very good with uh, building things, mechanics, stuff like that. Does she like so, drinking? I'm sorry? Does she like drinking? Uh, not as much as Cape did. Okay, because you know how there was like that EU thing of whatever that alien species did in the original trilogy, the entire like, <laughs> right, species did that? Yes. <laughs> that, that, that does not happen in the new you. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so all the, the Rodians, it, it truly is for them a new you. Correct. Correct. Not every Rodian is a shifty bounty hunter. Some are simply waitresses who get involved with Wookiees <laughs> who are in love with their boss. The, the waitress was fired, by the way. Oh. Yeah. You could get, you could, surely you could sue for that. You may, I don't know. It's, I think Oga kind of runs things on. See, that, that, that's when the Rodian character needed <laughs> to be in the real world. Because, like, if a Disney employee got fired for that, <laughs> like, if someone playing a character in the bar got fired because they had sex with the bar manager's boyfriend, <laughs> you could sue for that. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. Okay. But the, would the boyfriend die in the real world too? Well, there'd be more legal proceedings after that, I think. I, I'm sure there would be. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure there would be. So the four of them are trying to get this rebel uh, resistance base up and running, but they're not having. Do they have a montage where they like are all cleaning up and then fun things happen where they bump into each other and stuff? Not really. They uh, there's a giant snake thing that attacks them when they're sleeping. Doesn't sound like a fun montage at all. No, not. I wouldn't say a fun montage. But they're not having people. Like I said earlier, people in at Black Spire Outpost don't really believe the First Order is a threat, even though they're now stormtroopers walking around. So they don't really sign up to join the resistance. Gotcha. So they they are trying to set up their base and they're unsuccessfully trying to recruit when they, they meet a smuggler in the bar, a guy named Zade. Dash very Renda. No, he is, uh, he does not wear giant shoulder pads. What about qu- anything quilted? 
No, he had some fine clothes. They they said shimmer silk shirts. So I don't think anything that was quilted. But he was the person who could not not find a, a table at the bar at the cantina. And he has he gets drunk and likes to rant on the first order. So he fit in naturally with them. And he has, unlike Vi, he has tons of charisma who. Which gets people over to their side. Uh, but at the same time, it draws the attention of the First Order. And the First Order are tr- starting to rough up the citizens of Black Spire so that to find these, you know, to find Vi, to find Archex, and basically put a stop to them. And Vi decides that they need to do something. So they come up with a plan to see if they can get the First Order ship that is the like the mobile headquarters to leave the planet transmit a you know a code back to the the first order star destroyer to say the planet is clear and then somehow destroy the transport before it gets back and they you know they think if they sneak on board the the the, the transport and hack their way in wait, they wait, can wait. do it the plan is to get into the base mm-hmm. go out to space yep all clear here guys Yes, and then boom. And then blow it up. Yeah. So they're not going to go, all right, where are you off to now? Hey there? Hey, I think you cut out. I don't I don't know if they thought that far in advance. It's, it's an Independence Day level plan. <laughs> yes. There, and you know what? There are a bunch of farmers on motorbikes. There's not a farmer in an airplane, but there are farmers in on motorbikes that are part of their plan. Dolan, the farmer, asks a bunch of his friends to help out. Um, they storm the transport, and there's there are fist fights and firefights, and Archex basically gives himself up so that Vi can stay on Batu because Archex he's you know he's he during the book he's trying to come to the fact grips with the fact that he can't be what he used to be. He wants to be valuable. He wants to give something to the team. He doesn't want help. Um, and also be, have, being a stormtrooper his whole life, he's acclimating himself to life in the galaxy and it's not always working out. There's a moment when he misinterprets something Vi says the wrong way and leans in for a kiss and is rejected. Yeah. Uh, they really they do some very interesting things with his character, but in the end, he sacrifices himself so they can buy time, get Creaky, the, the you know the, the one who's good with mechanical things. She goes in, she hacks Cabe. their system, Cabe, Creaky Cabe, uh, and Vi you know stays on the planet. The ship goes up, transmits the code, and boom. Uh, the, the threat is gone. Vi establishes a base. She gets a lot more recruits because, you know, people see, okay, the First Order was a danger. The First Order was threatening us, but the Resistance drove them off. She starts communicating with Leia regularly. Uh, and then the book ends with Kylo Ren landing on Black Spire Outpost. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Kylo Ren was there when I was there. Yeah. Um, there were some interesting things that happened or that we learned during the book, um, 
but I didn't want to work them in. I wasn't able to work them in before, but I wanted to hit them up. First of all, the New Republic made pod racing illegal. Finally. Yeah. Uh, what The character who owns the lightsaber shop, his name is escaping me right right now. Uh, he, no, that's the antiques. Um, anyway, continue. Yeah. He, uh, he is a friend of Lor Santeca. Who isn't? Yeah, Laura Santeca was mentioned a few times in this book um, because he he has an assistant who helps out Vi, and they he they help Vi and the resistance without helping them. If that makes sense, like they can't help them outright, but they are believers in the Force. That's what he was a member of this Church of the Force that Laura Santeca was. Gotcha. So he knew Laura met Luke. The other thing we learn is that. Um, like the last scene in The Last Jedi shows us, what Luke did on the Battle of Crait is known throughout the galaxy. Ooh. So that that was my problem, one of my problems with the, the myths and legends, myths and fable books, where I thought it should have ended with Luke at the Battle of Crait, and it didn't even mention it at all. But here it mentions that that's something that, if you know, you know it, and you know what it means. Uh, another thing that people know about uh, in in this book, they know about Leia using the Force to pull herself back into the ship. Ah. Just random people in Black Spire Outposts know that happened or they heard that story from somewhere. Did it ruin any of their childhoods? Did not say, did not say it ruined any of their childhoods. Their no. space they did childhoods. Not, they did not call her Leia Poppins. Okay. They, I think she, the woman said, we know how she used her powers, how she was one with the Force and was able to pull herself back into the ship to save herself. That's um, got to be that Poe Dameron. He can't keep a secret for <laughs> I think, yeah. Uh, and then the the other thing that I thought was of interest was when Vi is ca- captured by the storm, by the First Order, there are three things they want to know. They want to know where the, where the Resistance is. They want to know where Leia is, and they want to know where that girl Ray is. And I just, I just find it interesting that that is one of the first orders, you know, main order, main objectives, is to find not just Leia, not just the Resistance, but also Ray. And in in the book, you know, Vi is talking about Vi talks about the Resistance a lot, and she mentions, and we have this girl Ray who is. Becoming a Jedi like Luke Skywalker. Very easily becoming a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I there it, it was a very – I thought it was a very good book. It was very quick moving. The characters were relatable. There was a lot of emotion behind these characters. Like I said, Vi and Archex had to learn to work with each other, to live with each other, Can I just to depend it? on each other. I just got to buy Yeah. Okay. Is, is there any book in Star Wars in the new U or the old U, the EU, that explains how Luke knew how to um, use telekinesis to make the lightsaber go into his hand on Hoth? I don't think so. Okay. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think so. How did he not? Now that we're going to, like, like, fine tooth comb nitpick everything that ha- how did he know <laughs> how did he know 
It's what you get with a connected universe. Anyway, keep going. Okay. Um, what was the last thing I said? <laughs> uh, oh, the just the, the, the characters. Um, Creaky, the cabe. Yeah. She is... CK. She's basically being abused by her former employer. And in a very sweet and nice moment, Vi rescues her and helps her out. And that employer basically later on turns Vi into the First Order. So th- there are a lot of li- little character moments in this book that I liked. Okay. Okay. Th- th- then there are some things like um, – that were, I don't want to say they rubbed me the wrong way, but they definitely stood out. Like if, if, you're, in, if you're in a cantina and you're, you're in Black Spire and you, you have to relieve yourself – where do you ask to be directed? What's the Star Wars word for it? The refresher. Yes. They say she asks for the restroom, which is just like very on Star Wars. And also, you know, if you're in a cantina and there's a band playing, maybe Figure and Dan and the Modal Nodes, what kind of music are they playing? Oh, that's sweet jizz. Yes. Jazz. Oh, that's Jet. burn it, burn it, burn <laughs> no, no. it. You know what? The the rest of the book is so good, it overcomes these little things that stick out. Dude, you don't when, reference jizz and not say jizz. Yeah. When, you know, when that's my biggest complaint about a book, I, I say I don't have anything against this book. So your biggest complaint about the book is not enough jizz? Not, it needed more jizz, yes. Excellent. <laughs> There you go. So Kylo Ren arrives, and and when like when that was revealed, did you go? Ah, oh, it's it's all connected. Poetry, poet. Yes, poetry. Exactly. What was it like? Did you see it coming or? No, I didn't. Wait, wait, did it like because did it tantalize you when you realized? Like, were you like, ah oh, ha ha ha, clever little story group? No, I wouldn't say it tantalized. I thought it was an okay ending. Okay. I, I thought it was a fitting ending. But I think if I if I had been to Galaxy's Edge and I'd seen that ugly shuttle that Colin Trevorrow designed. That doesn't make it, sense. That doesn't make sense. I've it been looks... there in real life. I don't know how people could fit in it. Like, <laughs> it's it's like a mini it, – it doesn't make it's, – it's, <laughs> it's like if they built – Say it's like in toy versions, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if Disneyland is three and three quarter scale, <laughs> but then the Millennium Falcon is that size of the like that weird Millennium Falcon they made for Solo. The cool mm-hmm. figures. It's it's just like I, I was staring at it when I was in. I was like, how does anyone fit? In? Like, do they have to crouch down as soon as they get? Like, what? This ship does not make sense. Kylo can use the force in many ways, including to make himself smaller and taller. That Colin, man, yeah. he, he left his mark. He gave us yeah. a hint. Hopefully that thing stays on Batu. Does not leave. There's no way it could take off, I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so if, if I had seen that ugly ship and I knew Kylo was walking around Black Spire regularly, then I would have been like, oh, genius. 
But as it was, as someone who was just reading it for the Star Warsness of it all, I was I was fine with the ending. It didn't. I was I was better with the earlier parts of the book. When Kylo stepped off the ship, did any <laughs> locals pull out their space communicators and start recording it? To it, it, the book did not mention that. Okay, you can only assume though. You can only assume. It, it didn't mention if any babies went up to him and you know, tried using the force or anything. I did not did not see any instances of that. Well, that's what you have to go down there to find out <laughs> what happened next. Right. Oh my god. Do you think if you were like just just an epic cannon junkie? You would, if I was? Yeah, I guess. You would wait until you got to Disneyland in Galaxy's Edge, and then you read the final chapter of the book, ending oh. with Kylo walking out. Like you turn, like, you close the page, and then Kylo's walking down the gangway of the ship that doesn't make sense. That would be that would be a great way to that immersion. Oh. Immersion. That's the way to do it. Steve. It's all connected. Alrighty, Tom. Thanks so much. That was um, amazingly informative on uh, on several levels. So thank you for. Um, bringing your Star Wars intellect to the internet. Uh, Where can the good people of the internet follow you on Twitter and perhaps hear you in other places? Uh, I am Tom Chansky on Twitter, one word. I'm also on the Sith list, and I do Patreon shows with Hawes at Blue Harvest and the Bad Motivators and Page Wars. Excellent. Hey, um, so we're about done. I kind of regret... I didn't make any references like about like Galaxy's Edge being in the book. I I felt like I could have. That's okay. I could have asked. We we talked about it. Questions. It came through to the end. I'm mocking mocking myself for doing that joke about 74 times. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously not enough. Um, Thanks so much, Tom. And uh, when's the next book coming out? That's a good question. I, it's, I think it's sometime next month because there, there's a Star Wars book every month this year. You know, for, starting in March, it was every month is a, a Star I could look it up if you want. Oh, don't worry about that. But if there's not one uh, coming up. But I was thinking maybe if we can get one in beforehand. Is that main Star Wars comic book series about to end? It's they're saying that seventy five will be the last episode of the current run, and then they're gonna when it's done. There's going to be another series after it. Gotcha. What what number are we up to now? Is it seventy four or is it? Uh, it's 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 in the low seventies. I think. I'd love to do an episode where you just tell me what happened. All the major things that happen in in those books. We can we can do that. Okay, because I dro- I dropped out. Although that first one. Where um, Luke faced Darth Vader. That was so. I, I want to hear all about it. I want to hear about the time. I remember he also faced Boba Fett. So who knows who else he faced mm-hmm. uh, in 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 the issues I haven't read. Hey Tom, thanks so much. Thanks to our patrons that uh, support the show and get to hear every episode of Page Wars along with all our other stuff and. Just in the last week, you guys, at the $3 level, there's a Jukland Strikes Back. That's uh, a show, a very loose show, 
with my wife and her friend Blondie talking Star Wars with me interrupting. <laughs> then there's the producer Rashad show, Sardu, where we Sardu. Talk, where we talk about everything but Star Wars, and we just did an episode watching the Breaking Bad movie trailer. What else is there in Patreon stuff? I'm just paging down. There's a Q&A that uh, went up last week and a Robbo report, mm-hmm. um, which we're about to record another one after this. So oh. plenty of new content. And I do the Q&As every week pretty much. You guys can ask questions or topics or whatever you want and I will ramble accordingly. And that's on the uh, the $3 content club level. So, Tom, good sizzle. I feel like we... Um, we did our bit for the internet today, man. I think so. Okay. I think so. How do I normally end this? Just the normal way? Sure, why not? Well, Tom, I'll see you on Twitter. <laughs> and may that force be with you. Page wars, nothing but page wars. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.